to the Tag You're It podcast. I'm Ray Ray. I am Dave, and I'm in the studio with Adam. Yes, First he's time. here. Got a nice haircut by Adam today. It was a blessing. Glad to have it done. I yes, was looking was a little fun. scraggly, but that was uh, my own mistake. Yeah, and, he got, uh, uh, you know, we, we had to, um, you know, relive uh, the lockdown bathroom barber haircut. That's right. I remember... <laughs> I remember the bathroom barber haircut. It was great. Every time you cut my hair, it's outstanding. Only person yeah. to cut my son's hair is, is Adam. The yeah. the one time that I went to the local place and they butchered his hair, and then my wife was like, take him to Adam to get it fixed. <sighs> I'm not counting that as a I'm haircut not, yeah. because you completed it. So <laughs> you have done all of the real yeah. haircuts on Elisha, who is five years old now. So when he thinks of haircuts, he doesn't think of anyone. He thank goodness he doesn't remember where we went <laughs> in Buffalo. He would have cried. Like I actually had a picture of it for a while. This is not a joke. I had a picture of him with that haircut. My wife told me to get rid of it from my phone. Do not put it on your phone, she said. I don't ever want to see that haircut. Uh, he'll hate it. So... <laughs> I don't know. There was like yeah. a before and after shot that we did, and uh, thank God the before shot is gone. It was child yeah. abuse. It was well, child abuse. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a savior. I just cut hair. I do what I taught. What I'm taught, and uh, <laughs> what I learn and pick up on. So, <laughs> so yeah. But yeah, it's it's been fun and a joy to uh, do more than just uh, uh, than just sit around and everything. But I've got a really good job that God provided for, and I mean that's 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 a whole testimony in of itself. Anyway, <laughs> first time <laughs> I'm in the studio so. in 2021. Yeah. By the way, yes, this is the first uh, Dave in attendance. And his presence is here. Um, but used to this really yeah. cool, yeah, m- really cool setup. Yeah. See, I can look at you and talk to you just and, by looking at you in the monitor. Yeah, and I, I'm not look- used to that in the same way. Yeah. So sorry, I, yeah, I, got, I got it so that we can look straight, into Dave. the camera. I can see everything. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's see, some studio upgrades. And- I can look at you while I'm looking into the camera and have the discussion that way. Yeah. Rather than because I'm so used to doing Zoom conversations now. Yeah. Like I don't have to do this anymore, so I've got to get yeah. used to just talking to you like this. So yeah, so we're all good. It's yeah, all it's good. great. Man. Next thing would be me so. to figure out some other cool stuff, but yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, tonight, um, we are going to have Tim Carter. Um, we're kind of going to wrap up, hopefully, something that we've left undone anyway. Um, there's some just more stuff with uh Brian Kaler and right. Warden Way, so he's going to come up. Uh, eventually, he said at uh, six o'clock he's going to call in. On We've hangouts. got hangouts right. uh, waiting for him. It is six oh three, so he better. He gave me a be thumbs up and soon, said that he will so. be calling in. But let's yeah. just do a bit of a yeah. recap on this weekend. Amazing yeah. conference that we were able to go to. Yeah, the God and Government Conference that was held at uh, First Baptist Bu- or Battlefield, not Buffalo. I mean, no. with the bees. At- <laughs> but yeah, First Baptist Buffalo um, with the host, uh, the Hope Baptist guys that you know. Brandon and uh, Josh that um, came on the show to talk about it, man. It was it was awesome to see uh, just the what the people did to bring it together. Um, what uh, Josh and Brandon 
and the other Josh Eaton and Mike Moon got to meet uh, a senator that is, uh, you know, for abolition, not just pro-life, not just the normal stuff. And it was good to sit down and actually talk to him. Since we've talked about him, it was good to talk to him. And we did get some good time to talk and hopefully sometime this year, maybe actually get him on here at some level for some, you know, <laughs> about, about something, but yeah, we've got some stuff in the works, um, with that. So, so I'm always trying to make sure that I set up so I don't look like I'm slouching over. Yeah. So forgive me. Yeah, so yeah, and guys, then I gotta get used to talking yeah. into the camera to you, Adam, because I get to do that now. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that was really interesting about the conference to me was that they were, as a host church, incredibly good to us. Um, mm. That's the first time that I've been at a conference that was free, where yeah. they fed you. Mm-hmm. And not only breakfast, but they fed you a really awesome lunch and then provided just an outstanding um, in-depth look at Romans 13 and then more into the application of Romans 13 into the abolition of slavery. We were blessed to get the Mm -hmm. opportunity to do that panel discussion. And Adam has made, and will be making all of the sessions available to everyone in our YouTube audience and Facebook audience and podcasting audience. Um, on Wednesday, correct? I, I, I don't need to look okay, backwards. So, I can just yeah. look at you this <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah. Like, so, so it's a weird, um, yeah, weird thing yeah. for me to do. So yeah, Dave's going to spend the rest of this podcast uh, adjusting. So uh, yes, be gracious, yes, I am. be merciful to our buddy Dave. And I, I'm still <laughs> having to get used to all this change anyway. So it's, it's all good. Um, but yes, um, if you uh, have seen the timeline or whatever, this is what I'm doing. The video stuff is a big time consumer i've got uh, josh's and brandon's sermons done um, but i'm not going to release them until i have all five sessions in video so that's going to take a little bit to do video but wednesday that's this wednesday january 20th they will be available um, here on the podcast our catalog and everything so i guess we're kind of claiming them as episodes of the tag you podcast but they will all five will be uploaded on and you know when you wake up uh wednesday morning if you're an american anyway they will be ready to listen to and uh please please take your time um if you weren't there if you haven't really um had a whole lot of background in this topic of god and government um you know romans 13 and stuff this is much needed um just great sermon material exposition um and then application that gets into that because you know christ is lord of all and that's one thing uh i know i shared a fun meme uh, about it but you know josh sets the tone and jesus is lord of everything and that's what we need to realize and i know i i shared another uh picture that i took of just reading colossians when it says that he is also the head of the church he is also the head of the church and what comes before that all thrones and dominions are his. And so Jesus is the head of state and should be treated like the head of the state. But whenever the head of state on earth is not serving him, this is where this conversation of Romans 13 comes in. Who, how do we submit and who do we submit to? And um, that's the questions that get answered um, through the sermons and the Q and a that we do. got to do, which was, was awesome to be able to do that. So we kind of had like what we do here, just kind of like in a microcosm. Yeah. A, uh, that was Q&A one of the coolest time, parts. So. It, was, it was a little odd uh, sitting on the stage and 
looking at those guys and being like, okay, we're actually doing more of like a podcast type of interview here and, and I'm on the stage and getting a little comfortable was a little, it took me just a minute uh, because normally they're in here just like it's a little bit of a change for me to look at you like this rather than turning my head and looking at you. Uh, that was a really cool sh- opportunity though to have four really sound guys offer mm-hmm. some responses to the questions of the individuals who attended. And I just have to say, once again, it was a privilege to get to be there for me, uh, to get to meet the people that we met. Um, so cool to get to shake a lot of hands and get to introduce people to the podcast. I really hope that if you were there and you came by the table and you're listening now, uh, thank you so much for that opportunity. And we hope you enjoy the podcast and it doesn't let you down. It certainly won't because we'll, we will proclaim Christ. So I do want to give just a bit of a preview here in what we have coming forward, just so everyone knows. Um, in the next few weeks, Adam and I have already set up a really awesome group of guests that we're expecting to have come in. And um, on the 1st of February, we will have Wes Scroggins come in and speak on Senate Bill 391, which is something that Mike Moon spoke to at the Mm -hmm. conference. But Wes is going to give us just a little bit more of a rundown. Uh, We are going to have a program on Young Earth creation and church history, how Young Earth creation, the argument actually bases itself in church history. Of course, it is based in scripture, first of all, but historically throughout the church, we can draw a very clear line. And Jacob Tanner, a undergraduate at Spurgeon College, is going to speak to that issue with us, a really sharp guy. Um, Gayla Pruitt will be speaking on her screenplay Glimmer in the coming weeks. Uh, Gabriel Zila, I hope I'm saying his name right. He's one of my former students. So uh, the thing is, I don't know that I ever actually called him by his last name. So I got to get used to that. Uh, (laughs) uh, But he's going to come in and talk about how he became a uh, presuppositionalist from a classicalist. And uh, he's also going to talk a little bit about what it is like to, approach apologetics from a worship pastor standpoint. And then Don Vinoit is going to speak on the Enneagram. That's what we've got coming up in the next few weeks. So you get a nice preview uh, of all of those things. And then that brings us kind of into where we are going to be today. And we have, uh, over the last few months, we kind of opened a a can of worms with, um, Brian Kaler, who is the general editor of the Word and Way ma- uh, magazine, formerly newspaper. I don't know if they still call it a magazine or a newspaper, but if you're not familiar with that issue, the Word and Way was a breakaway entity of the Missouri Baptist Convention back in 20, uh, excuse me, 2001. And so uh, some of our interactions with that magazine is based in the reality that we are on a different um, wavelength and in a different position as Missouri Baptist than those who operate the word and way and those who produce that publication. Yes, Dr. Kaler is a graduate of Southwest Baptist University as I am, but we certainly stand in different theological streams, vastly different theological themes, streams. He might think that he's standing in a similar one to Adam and I, but they're vastly different. We're going to talk a little bit about some of those issues. What's happened recently is uh, Dr. Mueller um, spoke in an interview about 
Brian Kaler and um, some of the interactions there. And so that's something we, we're going to cover a little bit today. But I, I wanted to give just a little bit of a background into why we're actually dealing with Kaler and, and why we are not writing him off. And so we've had Tim come on in the past and talk about these issues. But at this particular point, we kind of want to put a bow on all of our interactions with the Word and Way. Um, in fact, I think that one of the things we will discuss tonight is that, you know, we kind of actually stand at a little bit different, uh, we'll interact with Dr. Kaler slightly different than Dr. Moeller did. So, um, with that said, just kind of waiting on Tim, is that correct? Yeah, so I have <laughs> sent him a link in his messenger. All right. Hey, <laughs> just no problem. Yeah, he, uh, just has a lot of obligations oh, man. and all that stuff. So, you know, it's really, it's it, the re- another reason why, um, that it's been a while is just, you know, get through the holidays and everything. So, you know, it's gracious of him um, to be able to take time and all that stuff out of his schedule to kind of wrap this thing up like, uh, you know, Dave was saying. Um, so we're just, yeah, we're just waiting on the Timbo <laughs> to get on the horn. Well, and, with that uh, said, we don't yeah. really have a whole lot of things that we have to wait on because yeah. I do think that there's some, we, we really haven't spoken to, and it's it's been a few weeks, but we really haven't, uh, Adam and I have not directly addressed what occurred when the, capital of the united states was ransacked by a group of insurrectionists and i i know that we don't have some massive national audience there's not a whole lot of people who are uh listening to us all over the world or anything like that but i do think that it's important as missouri baptist as as missouri baptist apologetics network members that adam and i actually address this because we're really the only missouri baptist apologetic network members who have the medium and the platform that we have and so i think that when adam and i speak to this issue that it it really does come from us and in a very sincere way and when I want to address this, I, I think that it's important that both Adam and I believe, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, what occurred when the Capitol was ransacked was inconsistent with a Christian worldview for multiple reasons. And you saw, just as I did, people carrying Jesus 2020 banners along with Confederate flags. Uh people carrying Jesus 2020 banners uh, who were tearing things up and destroying property. And so it should be very clear. Every Christian, every consistent Christian should abhor what happened there. And we say that it is evil to destroy and to, uh, again, threaten people's lives because, again, we submit to what it tells us in Romans 13. Yeah, yeah. So you know, basically, um, what you're seeing here in the narrative, anyway, um, you see a a bunch of Trump supporters were called. Like Trump says, "Come out to rally for me, march on Washington, whatever." They're taking that term, march on Washington. CCC, he told them to ransack, and it's like, wait a second, no, 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 no. Let's hang back a little bit. Um, we know that Jeff Durbin was there. I don't. I didn't. He didn't break in, so I'm going to say that he probably, possibly, voted for Trump because, given the situation that it was, um, you know, it was I could vote third party, but I'm going to help Trump because at least because it's a strategic move. It's not a sacrament, but it's a strategic move because we need. And I know Doug Wilson has come out and all that kind of stuff. This is what we need to do um, because it's a strategic move because of the vile worldview on the other side. It's not that they're Democrat. It's just whenever you think about policy, when you think about these things, so we're argument, we're arguing arguments. When you think of 
the worldview, when you think of what is said, that is vile. And so even though Trump is a vile man, aren't right. we all? And is Christ the only difference maker? Yes. And is Trump, you know, is Trump a Christian? I, my opinion, no, no way. I, and I, my evidence is, unless if he has changed from his position whenever he was on national TV, whenever he said that I would ask Jesus for forgiveness if I never made any mistakes, but I've never made any mistakes. That comes from a guy that doesn't know the gospel. And so, unless if he comes out publicly from that, because he said it publicly, he needs to tell people, wait a second, I remember I said that. I'm sorry. That was horrible. I'm not, I was not a Christian. I was in darkness and now I've seen light and I'm following Jesus Christ. You know, that's, that's the thing. So, you know, so the issue here is what we're seeing is Trump supporters. Now it's a universal. If you're a Trump supporter, you're bad and you ran on that Capitol. You were complicit, mm. even though you didn't. So Dave and I could be sitting in Missouri, but they represent us. And that's the way we are going to get treated if we voted for Trump, if we were Trump supporters. Right. And so that's what's happening in this narrative is a general, a hasty generalization yeah. and overall generalization that Trump supporters. No, no, they, they anyone were anyone who voted for Trump. Yeah. yeah. Completely wholesale, not only affirms Trump's moral positions, but everything that others impose that Trump stands for. So everyone who would have voted for Trump is a white supremacist that hates minorities. Yeah. That's essentially the piece that's being advocated. And of course, that brings us right into uh, what I think we were, you know, we, we wanted to kind of start with Tim on a few of these things. But look, a lot of this issue, uh, I'm Moeller calling uh, Dr. Kaler a liberal nitwit, begins with uh, a piece that Brian wrote um, on January 7th at the Word and Way. And I think that it's it's appropriate for us to interact with it and to, to kind of go through it. Because what was it that led to Dr. Moeller calling Brian a nitwit? So let's just provide a little bit of background. And I, uh, I'm going to work through some of the article. Adam and I are going to kind of conversate. Uh, conversate. That's a great we're, statement. We're going to, we're going to discuss uh, kind of what we see here and I guess the the question would be, did Brian deserve to be called a liberal nitwit? So, hey, uh, Tim, uh, did Brian deserve to be called a liberal nitwit? Is he here? I think he's on. Can you hear us, Tim? Hey. We can hear a little something. Hey. Oh, man, Tim, Tim. I'm so glad. The, this is a beautiful thing. I'm so thing. glad you're here. <laughs> this is an actual beautiful thing that you guys just witnessed. This is the first time that I think we went on without uh, having somebody already waiting. <laughs> and so I I was worried that like we'd have a bunch of bips and bleeps and fuzzes and have to listen to a phone ringing. But Google Meet now, or not Google, yeah, it's Google Meet now that we're on. You guys didn't even know he secretly walked into our room and could start hearing us. Man, Tim, <laughs> so good to have you on the program, brother. Thank you for breaking from your very busy schedule, because I know you are uh, very busy and uh, jumping in and uh, dealing with us. So let's just ask you. I think Adam hit it straight on. M- Muller called oh, Kaler. A- guys. I'm trying to get my uh, okay. audio working here. Okay. Ah, okay. So Dr. Muller responding to an interview question that was asked of him. In the Louisville Courier Journal on Friday, January 8th, uh, essentially 
Kaler on the 7th of January said that Mueller should step down. The, again, Louisville Career Journal on Friday, January 8th, asked him, uh, asked Mueller what he thought about that situation. And uh, Mueller's response to the question about Kaler was, he's a liberal nitwit. That's all we get. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. Tim, I cannot read the Louisville Courier Journal. I thought about trying to reach out to someone who maybe had access to it. I couldn't read the full article. I'm sure that more was said than that, but just on face value, Tim, uh, is, is Kaler a liberal nitwit? <laughs> uh, well, he's definitely liberal. Uh, yeah. Definitely liberal. What would we uh, define nitwit as? Mm. Well, I can provide you with a dictionary definition. Would you like that definition? It's a silly or foolish person. Often as a general term of abuse. I want nothing to do with you, bunch of nitwits. And you are welcome for that amazing definition that Google gave me. It's a noun. Nitwit. Plural noun. Nitwits. A silly or foolish person. Is Kaler a liberal nitwit? Yeah. can't really argue with Moeller. I mean, he's, he's a lot more well-read than I am. And so... Um, if if Mueller says it, then it's got to be true. I mean, oh yeah, because we get all of our marching orders from Doctor Mueller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, every every night I get a special message from him, tells me what to do. Yeah. Secret messages in the <laughs> briefing, actually. Yeah. yeah, subliminal. If you play him backwards, no. <laughs> but anyway, hey, don't give away uh, the secrets. Oh man, I forgot about that. <laughs> First rule of Fight Club. No, I literally had someone tell me that uh, this is not a joke. Back in 2018, I had someone actually accuse me of taking my marching orders from Mueller. And they even alluded to the idea that, well, that's why you have to listen to his podcast every morning. So you know what to do. (laughs) I I am not joking. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. I, uh, you know, I've listened to the briefing a couple of times. It's, it's not not for me, uh, but teach his own on that. But uh, I mean, Mueller's Mueller's right on this one. Obviously, uh, when you look at uh, what's been written, uh, there's no substantive um, evidence backing up anything that's stated. It's just kind of a repeating of narratives, um, and he's liberal in in his stances, so. I mean, I can see why Mueller would react the way he would. So, I have a few thoughts, and what I'm going to actually say is going to sound a little bit different um, than what Mueller has said. Mm. I certainly believe 100% that Dr. Kaler is exceptionally liberal, and I can base that upon conclusive evidence. He attacks individuals who would advocate for the inerrancy of scripture. Yeah. He attacks conservative theological statements. He attacks what I would say is the clarity of scripture and the sufficiency of scripture. The magazine that he works for is certainly pro-choice. 
It certainly does not appear to have any seriously theologically grounded understanding of the qualifications of an elder according to Scripture. They definitely do not like any type of church discipline or anyone being held accountable. I would say the publication that he works for does not make it clear that they are actually trying to support a biblical definition of marriage. Yeah. They certainly want to leave a lack or be very uh, unclear about where the magazine as a whole stands doctrinally. That's greatly different from World Magazine. That's greatly different than The Pathway, right? And we know, as a matter of historical fact, they did not like the conservative resurgence, and they did not like that the Missouri Baptist Convention had gone conservative. And in 2001, a bunch of them got together and decided to leave. There's a just a clear historical statement. Now, you can say, oh, we'll read what the Word and Way says on this. Yeah, great. Certainly do. But we know the root cause was the Baptist entities that broke away did not like the conservative theology that had resurfaced in the conservative resurgence. Yeah, and I mean, when you really think about it, like, you know— when we see this uh, nitwit issue, you know, we really have to be careful whenever mm. we, we shouldn't uh, call each other names just flippantly, right? Now, there might be some deeper understanding that you get to where, um, is, is he being a nitwit? What is his uh, motivations? Is he being purposely divisive or what, what's going on here? So, if, if there is divisiveness, then I think a pejorative term like that, um, can be useful anyway like stop acting like a nitwit he is like he's a divider i think we can say things better but then again moeller was in a position to answer something really quick but like what what we what we need to get get on here is that uh word and way has a podcast called baptist without an adjective and so every time that there's an adjective given to him right he gets mad but here's the inconsistency we're enslavers, right? If we were read, so he, why can he give other people adjectives and attribute things to other people? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, without taking some responsibility on himself for his beliefs about uh, adjectives. So well, you know, is is he mad? Would he be okay with being called liberal? Apparently, the podcast is Baptist without an adjective. So I'm going to say. I'm going to assume, and for the fact, I, I can assume, but then again, we can actually say that he he has a he is a liberal, by theologically the liberal. We yes. can say that he is yes. theologically liberal. Right. That is accurate. Yes, yes. Brian, yeah. you are theologically liberal. It is clear. You reject inerrancy. You reject the sufficiency of Scripture. You certainly propagate a worldview that is inconsistent with historical orthodoxy regarding marriage, regarding the again. Uh, very much the clarity of scripture that is fact it's clear yeah tim don't want to just uh push you off since you're since you're on the phone and and, and we don't have <laughs> you in the room guest. brother <laughs> yeah you're a guest interject uh, you're as fine. much as you want it's uh you know i look at moeller's comments and you know moeller ain't got time for a small entity like warden way uh you know, he's got bigger fish to fry. You know, I'm not saying I agree with everything with Moeller, but on this thing, he got it right. Um, 
but uh you know as far as what adam was saying you know i agree you know we shouldn't just throw around pejoratives and uh and assign people names uh like nitwit um you know we should we should seek out to you know uncover where they stand obviously he's liberal liberal as the day is long um and uh you know at you know nitwit is pretty pretty uh spot on with with how he was dealing with molar mm-hmm. uh and i think molar really hit it but you know when when it comes to us looking at these things you know it is important to, to point out that you know he, he has baseless claims um and, and you know the reason he has baseless claims though is because from a liberal standpoint you really you really can't make any substantive claim and appeal to objective truth because you deny the objective truth of scripture. And, um, and, uh, there's just, uh, a lot of issues there. Are you guys getting feedback on your end from me? No, 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 no we're, we're, we're sound, good, man. Sounding good. Okay. Sounds really good. Well, well, here's the thing that I think is, is very clear. What is it that, Brian has a serious issue with about being called a liberal nitwit by someone that he thinks is a foolish slaver. Yeah. It shouldn't be even something that is prideful because he, I saw a picture of him where he made a mask where he'd put hashtag liberal nitwit. Would, why would you act surprised or appalled by someone that you have said is incredibly, uh, an incredibly terrible person who propagates white supremacy and is a masterful divider. That's what he's saying, that Mueller can't bring people together, that he needs to step down. In fact, one of the things I want to do is, uh, what's the problem with being called a nitwit? From Mueller's standpoint, it's actually very true. And, and I would say even from my standpoint, you're foolish. Why are you foolish? You reject God's word as objectively true. Yeah. You've, now, you have accused us of saying that you're not a Christian. Yeah. My issue would be, if you're going to call yourself a Christian, where do you stand on the sufficiency of Scripture? Mm-hmm. The clarity of Scripture? Because everything that I've seen is attacks on individuals that want to make clear theological statements. And so, if you're going to attack individuals who want to make clear theological objective statements— where is your stand? We, it's, it's foolish to reject God's word according yeah. to God's word. You have made it clear that you reject God's word as any authoritative truth. Yeah. Because when people try to clarify what they mean, you attack them. Look at the, look at the faith statement on the word and wait. There isn't one. No, it's just that, you know, it's it's a bunch of bullet points of, you know, what you'd see on normal journalistic stuff. There is a little bit of there. There's the, the word, the name of Jesus Christ mentioned, but that's about the only thing um, mentioned on the website um, that we saw. Anyway, we're, we're looking for, you know, what is the, the basic. And I mean, you can say Jesus Christ, but uh, you know, what is, what does that mean? Um, Is there any particulars, especially that, you know, relate to journalism? So, I well, hope everybody on the live stream can still see us. If uh, not, sorry about that. Well, here's the <laughs> thing that it, but, gets me. Yeah. If you go on the Word and Way website, Tim, you, you have, you see a picture mm-hmm. of Kaler with this mask that says, love thy neighbor. My yeah, question right. is, what do you mean, love thy neighbor? According to what standard? Yeah. 
how do you well, i mean yeah with liberalism it's all it boils down to subjectivism so it's it's whatever you feel loving your neighbor is and you know it's really up to you at, at the end of the day it's not up to what god says or or what anybody else says for that matter it's it's how you feel and how you interpret yourself what that means um and then you just got to cherry pick verses to 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 fit what you want to stand on and you know it it all boils down to subjectivism and there's no foundation underneath it um and so that's why you that's why they come against these strong stances of of scripture because it, it forces individuals to take a stand and interpret things correctly and not how they desire to interpret them um it's it's you have to subject yourself to the lordship of christ in order to come underneath the authority of scripture and liberal christians repudiate that idea of having to subject themselves to the lordship of christ uh i mean you even have some out there they're anti anti lordship and so it, it takes the power away from the individual when when you reject liberalism and you, and you subject yourself to the truth of scripture um and we're not talking about political liberalism we're talking about theological liberalism yes yeah and you know we could we could show you how the two can connect but they're they're two separate issues and you know really it's that foundation of theological liberalism that springs into all these other political things that we see today um but that's a topic for another day and doesn't really concern our discussion here yeah and like uh but, just, oh go for, go for it i didn't no, know i thought you were done i was just gonna say you know just to sort of complete this um issue um you know he's been called a theological nit or a liberal nitwit from Mueller. Um, he has uh, come out just going, you know, they're they're calling me not Christian and stuff like this. And this is what I want to give and submit is um, we deal with arguments. We will argue the arguments. We'll say if you hold to this, then you might be. You know, it's a, you know I don't want to like you know bring Jeff Foxworthy into this, but it's a it, here's this and this and this. If this this and this. Therefore, you might be. And so is that you? And so, you know, even when I disagree, I, I, if, I, if I knew him more and had more close conversations to find where his heart is, that's, that's what I want to see. Where is his heart? And the big question right. is, if he is right, say, in this enslaver thing, if he is right um, in his critique of everything about us being, um, you know, enslavers because we're an errantist in the way that we uh, do hermeneutics, if he is right, what is he winning us over to? And that's a question right. that if you were to ask him, I bet you he would not be able to have an answer. Because, well, here's the, here's yeah. the, here's the problem, too. Does he, can he, could, could he explain to us what critical race theory is? And how he came to this conclusion of how we are enslavers by the mere shade of our skin. Like, does, does he understand that worldview and, and what that foundational worldview is that brings about that ideology? Yeah. Like, we could, we could sit down. I know, Dave, you know, you've dove into this a little deeper than I have. But the three of us could sit down with Kaler and we could talk intelligibly about that foundational worldview and the problems that it has, you know, can Kaler do the same or is he just repeating the liberal, liberal mantra of the day? Um, because it's, 
easy to do. Um, and so when we ask questions and we, we push back on him, he never provides an answer. He just says, you know, well, it was me. I'm being attacked. Well, here's, you know, look. yeah. Well, here's what he says. Actually, he writes a response in the Courier Journal, and I want you to hear Kaler's response to Mueller in the Courier Journal. This is probably the first time you heard this, by the way. While Mueller claims my criticisms are motivated by an opposition to the allegedly conservative direction of the Southern Baptist Convention, my actual complaints arise from the SBC's embrace of Christian nationalism. What in the world do you mean by the SBC's embrace of Christian nationalism, by the way? Yeah, and I mean, that's that's a popular buzzword right now, too. And I, yeah. I have personally yes. dealt with it with a you know Facebook person trying to, because they're not listening to me about what I mean about theonomy. They're just picking and choosing what to ask and taking the answers that I give them and then just going, well, I don't know, therefore Christian nationalism. I'm going to just put a term on this. This looks like what I, and so it's basically begging the question. I want this to be right. Christian na- nationalism. Therefore, this is Christian nationalism. Well, and, and two, like look at the talking heads of the convention. They are saying the opposite of what Kaler is saying that they're saying, you know, I, I do not like Russell Moore. Mm. Uh, and I, I have reasons for that. Uh, I'm not very, I'm not a fan of J.D. Greer anymore. I think he's he's done some done said some things that are that are not good. But all those th- those things that I have problems with all deal with the sufficiency and inerrancy of Scripture and how that applies to life, um, and are theological, not in not political uh, in, in what these men have said. But even the the talking heads of the SBC have said things that are borderline critical race theory. Um, that I'm not really happy with, but at the same time, you know, you can't, you can't, or Kaler can't look at the SBC and make this claim of white nationalism. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just so foolish because it's, it's not, not the case. And I mean, what is, what is, what is that anyways? Um, Christian nationalism or whatever, you know, like you, Dave, I don't, I don't have a clue what that is. Um, but it, it must get people to click on articles or something. Well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. That's very important in this entire response. And I could work through it. One of the things that Brian knows clear enough, he knows well enough, at least I would hope to, I would hope for goodness sake that he would know when someone is saying that you are theologically liberal, the key issue is not your politics. The key issue is, do you believe that God's word is clear and sufficient? Do you believe God's word is inerrant? Guess what? Kaler never says, how dare, how dare Mueller call me a liberal because I completely affirm the inerrancy and clarity of scripture. No, here's what he says after the Christian nationalism piece. Are you ready? He says that his actual complaints arise from the SBC's embrace of Christian nationalism. Nice assertion. Nice assertion. That's his opinion. Where's the evidence? Next, the continued toleration of racism and persistent harassment of women in church leadership. The continued toleration of racism? The SBC has made a massive point 
to remove itself as far as it possibly could and repudiate over and over again its sincere apology for its roots. I mean, I know in 1995 that a resolution was written and over and over again, authors, theologians have taught time and again against racism and repudiated the racist roots of the Southern Baptist Convention. And they didn't just do it because they felt that way. They actually have shown from scripture that that is a problem. Yeah. To say, go for it. Here, here's here's what the what the issue is. The SBC we could we could do as much as we wanted to fight against those things, take stance against those things. But what Kaler and other liberals want is not merely just an acknowledgement that those things were bad, but they want us to totally wholesale throw out everything we believe and come over to liberal liberal ideology and repudiate everything that's conservative in theology. That in their mind, it's, it's just like the critical race theorists calling an individual who has white skin a, a white supremacist uh, just by the shade of their skin because of what has happened in generations past. doesn't matter what that individual does to uh, speak against that, to, to lament that. Um, there, is, there is no reconciliation possible for that individual because of who and what they are. And so, you know, we could do whatever we wanted to try to appease, and, you know, not that we want to appease Kaler and, and the like, but, you know, even if we went all the way, it would not be enough unless we wholesale threw out our doctrinal convictions and went the liberal way. Uh, because at the heart of this is, is not a concern about racism or women's roles and how women are treated in the church, what the real argument is, is they do not like conservative theology, and whatever means necessary to weed it out of the system, they will use, and they will take advantage of any uh, minority, any uh, downtrodden, downtrodden individual to try to politicize and make this into something else to get rid of our bedrock beliefs and what the Bible says. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a definitely a divide and conquer. And I know we've got a comment in here, you know, just saying that the SBC is a very diverse group, congregation size, pastors, theology, state religion priorities. We don't even know what the S what it means to be SBC at this point. And I mean, that, that is very true. I mean, the, the thing, but the thing about the SBC is it's all autonomous. So we are autonomous churches cooperating together. There is the Baptist faith and message, um, that we do sign on to when you cooperate every church, you know, you could still be in the 63, which Kaler goes to a church just to, just to let you guys know, he goes to a church that, um, even in 63, you can't read about the Holy Scriptures and not get inerrancy out of that document. So he's not in agreement. But then again, he, um, there's a lot of people that say, well, they're good guidelines, but we don't have to do anything with the Baptist faith and message at that point. I get that. But just to you know, point, point that out, uh, Kaylor does go to a church um, that I would say that at least hopefully the pastors are preaching from the attitude of inerrancy. But the reality is that Kaler knows the root of the issue about theological liberalism deals with scripture. And he has a chance 
to completely repudiate and prove Mueller 100% wrong, that yeah. he's not a liberal. Yeah. All he has to say is, how dare Mueller say that about me? I affirm the inerrancy of scripture. Yeah. I affirm the clarity of scripture. He doesn't do that. Why, why can't he do that? Are you ready? Because people like him will say, of course you don't, because you have already said that only slavers affirm inerrancy. Yeah. So he doesn't want to step in his own trap because at the moment now, Kaler, that you say, no, I'm not a liberal. I affirm inerrancy. The clarity of scripture. You've now said you're a slaver. You, you use the same hermeneutic as slavers. Here's the issue. He goes back to the end here. And I, I would encourage you, uh, if you get a chance, if you can get past the little lock, you can, you can read it. He says this about Mueller towards the end. I would be happy to engage in meaningful dialogue with them, be it during a forum on campus of Southern or on my podcast, Baptist Without an Adjective, or in the pages of this newspaper. But as a ground rule, we should follow biblical teaching and not call each other a fool or synonyms, synonyms like nitwit. Are you ready? Scripture does call people fools. Yeah, yeah. What does it say about fools? Well, Adam, you know the verse. Answer a fool. According to his folly. Or answer not. not. Yeah, answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes or conceit. Or, you know, there's a few different uh, versions of so that. So why in the world would Kaler even want to use Matthew chapter 5.22 if we use his worldview well we don't even know if if christ really said that we don't really know if what it really means yeah why would you even use that as an objective that's why someone like Mueller won't deal with you yeah and so you know that that goes into um really that's whenever we go back to that slaver issue it was actually uh arbitrary um hermeneutics that um led that are the basis of what the people that would say I can treat somebody as property and non-human, um, that's what they would have to do. They'd have to do the mental gymnastics, just like the not the the you know the the racist hating everything, all that kind of stuff that's going on in liberal and the liberal side of theology today. They're doing the same thing, just in a different way. It's still relative. It's still subjective. Um, there is no uh, objective law. Again, talking about Matthew five, the you know, Jesus didn't destroy the law. <laughs> it, it still continues, um, even in the gospel era. Era the the gospel presupposes the law. If the law is not around, then you can't be judged by it. But what is everybody going to be judged by on Judgment Day? So it's still in force. And people are going to be judged by it. But you get rid of inerrancy, you get rid of the law. If you get rid of the law, you get rid of the gospel. Tim. Tim. Any other little thoughts on that? Before we move to a little bit different topic involving Kaler once again. <laughs> I think we pretty hit it, hit it pretty good here. So, And are you okay? It sounds like, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brian. Am I okay? Yeah. So, so uh, Dr. Kaler. With all due respect, you are a liberal. And the conclusion of that position where you reject the clarity of Scripture, the sufficiency of Scripture, the inerrancy of Scripture, because that's the root issue, that is foolish. And very seriously, those who believe that God cannot speak, 
because are you ready? God's word is inherently linked to his character. Hebrews 6.18, Titus 1.2. Mm-hmm. God's word is inherently linked to his, script, to his word. Mm-hmm. His, his character is inherently linked to his word. When you say that God cannot preserve his word in a way that's understandable and true and authoritative, you have been the most foolish. So if you want to really deal with this, Dr. Kaler, with all due respect, tell us where you stand on Scripture. But you've already set yourself a trap because at the point you say you embrace the inerrancy of God's Word, you just stepped into the slaver's pool. But here's the beauty of all this. Guess what? God redeems. Mm -hmm. God reconciles. Mm -hmm. You see, you're trying to make a theological issue and a political issue one and the same. Mm -hmm. Nah. Certainly, we need to have serious discussions. But your call for Mueller to step down, basically charging him with the same mindset that incited these folks, because I read the article, is just not true. Yeah, so are we going to incite? I I wouldn't say that Kaler is going to incite violence, but are we going to? But the thing is, whenever we think about it, let's go back to Matthew 5. What did Jesus say about uh, our thoughts and what we think about people? Um, before we get into this kind of discussion, before you talk, like you talked against uh, Mueller, um, what is in your heart? Do you, are you hating him in your heart? Because if you even hate somebody in your heart, you're a murderer, Jesus says. He expands the law to where you should feel trapped, to where like, well, I can do nothing else, and then you come to Christ, right? So um, we're not here to shut doors. We're here to open them. And what I want to know is, where are we wrong? And what are you going to win us over to? If we're wrong, what do we win? Where's the victory? And so, you know, to add on to what you just said, you know, about, but we'd love to have the conversation um, on this podcast uh, somewhere, however, however it is, you know, let's talk. If I'm worth quoting in your newspaper from the convention floor, if we're worth giving page space to in the word and way, then we're certainly worth a dialogue with mm-hmm. you. Do a double podcast, set parameters. That's great. Let's talk about the inerrancy of scripture and what that actually should lead to. Let's talk about your worldview fleshed out because it's, it, we're, we're swimming in different theological streams. There's the reality. We're swimming in different theological streams because I believe in a God who can speak authoritatively and clearly seems to be that you reject that. And if I'm wrong, I'll gladly embrace that. But we'd certainly be more than happy to have a very serious discussion. We're not going to go ad hominem on you. Like, literally, we're not. That's not something that we've done, by the way. But where does this all lead to? Yeah. 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 Tim, Tim, before we go to our next little piece on this, uh, and transition over to the next piece. Do you have any other closing thoughts, brother? No, I mean, I think dialogue would be good. Um, you know, it's a matter of if, if he's willing to do that. Because uh, that's really where these these things can be dealt with, is when there is dialogue. You know, if, if, if it's just print, printing stuff and just throwing stuff out there just for shock value, then, you know, I guess we'll tell if he, if he doesn't want to have a dialogue with it but you know if 
if there's going to be any benefit to anybody, that there really needs to be some discussion. And, uh, you know, I think I'm all for it. I know I'd be happy to join in or, or just sit by and, and listen to you guys hash it out with them. Um, but it's kind of balls in his court, really. Well, here's what I have to say. Brian, you and I have exchanged kind words on Facebook. Emails that were kind. You were very gracious to actually publish the launch of this podcast in the Word and Way back in 2017. If you think I have done something against you, let me know and I will repent because I don't want there to be some type of negative animosity. Actually dialoguing and engaging in some real issues would be exceptionally productive. We graduated from the same school. We were both on the speech and debate team. You were there before me. We admire many of the same people. Let's be honest. If I owe you an apology, by all means, I will repent. But you have an opportunity to, to really engage us. No, I won't call you a liberal nitwit. I believe that you are liberal, and I believe the implications of that position fleshed out consistently and internally critiqued does lead to foolishness. Yeah. Which brings us to a new yeah. piece. Well, the issue that I want to deal with now is one that does, again, involve the word and way. But not just the word yeah. and way. It involves something that Tim and I have been deeply rooted in. I've been rooted in since 2018. Uh, Tim has been rooted in it since 2019 when he mm. showed up at the Missouri Baptist Convention, only to be told, oh, wait, even though we told you you're going to be a trustee, there's going to be people removing you from the floor. Uh, yeah. And uh, we had to deal with a lot of pushback, a lot of uh, really mean things said about us in print uh, and uh, in other in, in rooms, uh, people implied mean things. And uh, Tim uh, has been a bulldog. And uh, Tim, if you don't mind, give us a little background kind of on uh, where we stood last time we talked about the issues facing the Board of Trustees at Southwest Baptist University and that whole situation. Um. You have to refresh my mind. A well, I, from what I can remember, our last conversation, you know, that we were still in the midst of, you know, with with the word, and this is where the word and way comes in, and all that stuff, because uh, we went to the convention. Mm -hmm. uh, Brian Kaler was there. Never would have like, loved to have never seen said him. hey. Never crossed him in the hall or anything. But anyway, we knew he was there because immediately, like the next day, we see uh, Bob Eingold which uh, is a trustee with you guys. Yeah. yeah. Right. And he was um, up there speaking against uh, some trustees and had some issues. So we talked about those. So we don't, we don't have to really rehash that um, right now, at least right now from me. Um, we That can come up. But anyway, so basically the word and way takes off with it. It really puts a very negative slant on every bit of the narrative um, that it did on the whole thing against uh just just mannerisms that are written in the text kind of pointing you very negatively yeah. like this is just a bad situation and stuff like that just really really amping it up but uh you know tim you sort of in light of all this uh it, there's still a lot of unknowns a lot of things that um were in the works to come out and become transparent and you're like you know despite all this there is unity on the board 
that was like yeah, a major I mean, thing that I remember being the last thing that you talked about is there's harmony and there's unity. And, uh, I think hopefully that should refresh you a little bit. Yeah. I mean, as far as, as far as that goes, you know, I can't speak for the board or speak on behalf of, of the institution or any of that, but you know, from my personal experience, you know, there's definitely a, a great unity that that's moving forward. Uh, uh, you know, his article cited Bob, um, going forward and, and bringing up some things and, you know, there, there were some, there were some things that were said that, that probably shouldn't have been said. And, you know, uh, Bob's served SBU and, in, in a, in a lot of great capacities over the years. And, and, uh, you know, uh, Bob recognized that, that what was said was probably inappropriate and has apologized to the, to the board and, and, uh, you know, we've all, you know, extended grace and forgiven, you know, everybody's, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody messes up sometimes. And, you know, we're moving forward together. Um, and, you know, things are actually really good since then. Um, you know, it's just been a complete change, um, in, in the morale, even, uh, with, with, with everybody that, you know, just that act of at that act of grace that we were able to 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 show uh, towards Bob and and it just really brought the board together. I think in a way that we hadn't been before, and and now you know we're more unified more than ever uh, with the way things are going. And I'm just looking forward to what uh, God has in store for SBU and everything that's going on and. There's a lot of great, great things going on. So here's the thing that I would state, and I really appreciate everything that Adam said there, kind of gives us a little background. And uh, same thing with you, Tim. So those of you who have maybe just bumped into the pod, podcast, you might be like, hey, what are these guys doing talking about a little uh, s- little college, Southwest Baptist University? Well, uh, in 2018, there was a professor who was fired because he would reveal, revealed very clearly that there were other faculty who were attacking scripture and, of course, attacking what is a biblically consistent view of hell and saying that not only is justification not immediate, which is what one professor said, likewise, there is a individual um, eschatological view uh, that is, uh, of course, uh, of annihilationism that uh, is being taught in the classroom. These things are happening. They're being advocated for. Those are anti-Southern uh, Baptist positions, right? Not even historically Southern Baptist positions. I got elected onto the board. There was a lot of turmoil. That turmoil continued. And then what was cited in the word and way was that all of these trustees that are coming on are all a bunch of hate-filled vengeful people and the old trustees can't stand them they're terrible people and boy you should listen to what this letter that was written by robert ingold said because you can see that these folks are spiritually unqualified and they're terrible folks all kinds of turmoil on the on the board essentially is what was being put forward here's the issue after the convention there was some serious things that occurred to reconcile differences. The Word and Way has been praising itself for its coverage of everything that happened at Southwest Baptist University. Repeatedly, they've said, look, we are award-winning in our presentation of what has occurred at, at SBU. Guess what they didn't cover? 
this letter that was written by Robert Ingold, trustee at Southwest Baptist University, and here's what he said, and I think it's important. At the recent annual meeting of the Missouri Baptist Convention in St. Charles, I circulated a paper which contained personal attacks on individual trustees of Southwest Baptist University and generalized disparagement of small churches, which I deeply regret. Wait a second, Dr. Kaler. Why haven't you published this? You see, we charged, Tim, that the word and way was only trying to stir up problems that they weren't reporting everything, that they were being unjust in their coverage. Yeah. When you read that, that idea that, Doc, that Brother Ingold shares, do you hear a vengeful and angry person? No. No, I know. What you hear is someone who is saying, there were problems and we need to correct. And guess what? He owned his error. And I don't bring any of this up actually to down to, to beat down or anything. Actually, I can't say that there's many people that I respect more than someone who's going to come out and own their errors. Here's what he says. In particular, I'm sorry that I said most of the new trustees are not spiritually qualified. I was wrong to suggest that small churches and only small churches struggle at times with harmony and unity. As we are painfully aware, all churches, regardless of size, sometimes experience difficulty being the pure and peaceful bride of Christ he desires for his church to be. Why, why is this letter not in the word and way? Why is the only thing we see in the word and way continued attacks on there being nothing but problems at SBU. Why won't they cover the whole story with integrity? Concerning my, concerning the remarks of a former SBU employee, uh, excuse me, concerning the remarks that a former employee of SBU was let go because of poor student reviews, I have since, I have since discovered that I was misinformed and I'm sorry for writing this. I'm truly sorry that I expressed my opinions and some incorrect information at the NBC annual meeting. I submitted this apology to the SBU Board of Trustees on November 17th, and now I humbly ask for your forgiveness. The long history of the relationship between SBU and the convention is one characterized by mutual appreciation, respect, and collaboration in the advancing of the Lord's work in Missouri and throughout the world. It is my hope that we can lay aside the dissension of the recent past, and work together to build an even better, stronger relationship between SBU and NBC. Yeah, and this is, again, where it comes in. What are you wanting to win us over to? Are you wanting to destroy the Missouri Baptist Convention? Is it a—I I just have to say this. If you hold to a understanding of like just critical theory, is the NBC—is it a power structure? that is oppressing people and does it need to be destroyed what are you winning us over to with a with with news that doesn't include something like this when there has been reconciliation on the board let's celebrate it right if we are if we are really excited about Christ and the gospel and the work that Christ did on the cross for us to be able to be reconciled because remember we can't reconcile in anything else than our identity in Jesus Christ, um, why not 
again, as Dave said, why isn't this not being news on the word and way? Tim? Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty clear that, you know, all along it's it's been a narrative to divide um, with the way things are phrased, the way things are portrayed. Um, you know, we've had our fair share of struggles, but, you know, like like we said, you know, since October, you know, things have really turned around and the boards really came together and and there's a lot of good things going now, uh, at least from my perspective as, as a trustee, you know, I can't speak with the whole board, but, you know, things are moving in a great direction and there's unity and there's just, there's a piece there that wasn't there before. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, it's, an, it's night and day, you know, things are, things are going great. And, you know, it would be nice to have uh, all, all parties involved in the reporting report the good things that are happening as well and uh you know it's 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 telling if it's not you know dr kaler could have been there i'm certain at the inaugural prayer meeting that we had for the governor he certainly could have been there as a member of the press the pathway was there where was he there's a good thing that happened we prayed for a leader whether you agree with him politically or not we prayed for the governor. We prayed for not just the governor, but multiple leaders. No report on that. So here's the point for me. And I mean it really seriously. You know, like I know Adam is Adam's had to deal with this stuff with the SBU trustee board this whole time. In fact, he knew some of it was un uh, was unraveling before a lot of other people did because he's a good dear friend of mine. And I shared with him. Uh, in confidence some issues how do i deal with things like he knew kept those things quiet right uh, as you have to have someone who is a confidant right that you can go to with things i'm not saying that i gave him a whole bunch of information that he shouldn't have known but i shared with him some of my struggles and some of my frustrations right that's a healthy thing to do but over the last few years we've seen this unfold here's what i would say tim and what i would like to see and Adam as well. And I hope, man, I hope that uh, Dr. Kaler gets this. You know what? Word and way, you have an opportunity now. Report these good things. Quit trying to throw gasoline on the fire. I'm not saying that you have to be a cheerleader for SBU. But Dr. Kaler, as an alumnus of SBU, wouldn't you want your school to be doing well? Wouldn't you want to tell the full story? as a journalist who has integrity. So my piece would be pretty simple. We're not going to engage anymore in the SBU talk on the podcast. Like we're done with it, right? And here's the other piece. I want to put all of this into Dr. Kaler's, uh, all, all of this into his court. We have presented an opportunity to reconcile even with you. Mm-hmm. We have given you a platform to have a serious discussion, but we're calling on you to act with integrity here. Release this letter. You can get a hold of Bob Gold If he didn't send it to you, which I'm pretty sure he did, ask him for permission to present it and then write an article on the reality that there has been reconciliation. Even if you don't like the direction, you can at least admit that there is not the dissension that you've stated that there is. And then here you go. 
gladly reconcile with you. If we have misrepresented you, if we have bashed you and done a poor job, man, forgive us. But we do have a standard and we believe in reconciliation and we believe in forgiveness. We'd love to have a discussion with you on inerrancy, on Christian liberalism, right? On a whole range of topics. I'd love to discuss with you the per- the men and women in the church. I mean, gosh, we know you're a sharp dude. We'd love to have a seated debate with you on the roles of men and women in the church. You're a great debater. Be a great way to promote your podcast and even send us some folks who would have this type of discussion with it. We'd be more than happy to engage them. Uh, but tell the whole story. Tell the truth. Um, admit that you miss that you didn't portray reality right in multiple occasions with us. Um, that's just the truth. This has been going to be a little bit shorter episode, but I don't care. We've covered yeah. what we need to cover. Well, yeah, I'll just include them together. It's all. Fun. Yeah. Okay. Good. 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 <laughs> you can just clean the one part up. Uh, yeah. Tim, did you have any thoughts on that? I, I man, I hope I haven't just ran ran this through the mud, but like that, that's my heart on it. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, reconciliation is is the best for for all parties. Um, you know, and you know, it'd be great if he would. Uh, come our way and and uh, and have a discussion, and you know we don't have to agree. Like that, and as part as part of the problem in our culture today is people think that if you can't agree with me, then you can't have a discussion. But you know we can have civil discussion and disagree about things, and be kind and friendly to each other, and and work through the differences, and 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 if anything, just present both sides fairly so that people can understand and see what the issues are and, uh, and learn from it. Um, you know, that, that would be the best thing moving forward. Uh, now it's just a matter of, you know, will, will he come our way or not? Yeah. So that, that's what we, well, I think we do. got it covered, yeah. man. Uh, yeah. this is not, this is, uh, we were all over the place in this program today, but yeah. it was fun, man. It was Again, good. We called yeah. it, uh, we call That's it right. vegetable medley <laughs> for, for a reason. But you know, it's one of those things that uh, I think um, it, it had hung in the air. I mean, we weren't really feeling tense about it, but we had we finally had, were in a good spot um, to just bring this information um, to light uh, since we had talked about it. And we kind of ended on, you know, a very, very sad, you know, to me note it was very dark and everything. So, you know, I'm glad um, and every, as anybody should there, Glad for reconciliation. Glad for, you know, just for me as an outsider, um, you know, just I'm glad that you guys worked everything out because I did see what went down at the uh, at the convention. I was like, what the heck is going on? And like, it so, took Dave away from me all day. <laughs> uh, like, but, literally, uh, I was yeah. I was sick. You knew I was sick yeah. that night. Like, yeah. I was actually yeah. physically, Tim, by the way, I know you got sick <laughs> at the convention, yeah. but yeah. I was sick. And Adam was like, whoa, man, I've never seen you like this. And I was yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, so it's one of those things that there is reconciliation, um, especially when we come together, um, you know, with the word of God um, spoken through the self-attesting Jesus Christ that we know is true and that we're not walking around with our heads cut off. Um, but there's, uh, you know, there is a head and his name is Jesus Christ and we get to be like him um, because of that word. So, you know, I'm glad that we get to end this um this story on a good note that Bob Eingold has apologized. Um and I, you know, I pray for that, that the trustees of SBU, um, can continue, 
um, to come together and lead that school um, in their role and jurisdiction anyway of what they can to uh, further produce um, better pastors, counselors, um, whatever scientists, whatever they got yeah. up there, which is the whole game. Physical therapists. We're and, proud of the physical and, therapy and school. solid theologians so that we don't end oh. up here again. Yes, also sir. add to it cybersecurity. Cybersecurity. Uh, yeah, we're going to need we, that. Uh, <laughs> we had, SVU is now accredited for cybersecurity. Right. So, awesome. Um, it's a lot, of, a lot of good things going on that people just haven't heard about because there's been too much junk. But yeah, hopefully all that's behind us now and, and people can start to see the light that SVU is and the, the ability that it can bring to their students to be equipped to do great careers and also do it from a biblical worldview. Um, and, uh, a lot, a lot of good things ahead. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, I think, yeah, we can pretty much call this, uh, the night anyway, but, uh, yeah. yeah so we, uh, thank you guys uh, for hanging in there. Well, we've definitely seen you, some of you guys hang in there this whole time with our, you know, again, a little bit more of a stream of consciousness show with, uh, dealing with some issues. And again, if you hadn't, um, if you got to this point by now and you have no, still have no clue, please go back in the catalog and, uh, you know, go th- thumb through them. You'll see what we're talking about and you can get, <laughs> you can hear the whole story, um, up to what we have now. I know that some things will come out in the future and we'll deal with, uh, what we got to deal with anyway. But again, uh, just last little, um, rehash of it. Kaylor, please talk to us yep. and, uh, come in and let's talk in front of everybody and show, um, civil, um, maybe disagreement. Or, or what reconciliation looks like, because if you want to claim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we do too, and that's the only commonality that we have. Um, if we don't have that, then we're either enemies or we're just bags of protoplasm. So, <laughs> that's, right it. On, that, that's it. So, anyway, Tim, thank you for your time. Thank you uh, for making time and your time, especially overtime uh, that we normally do, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, becoming again the uh, leading. Um, returning person on our show. Oh yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, any hey. final any final thoughts, Tim? You know, surprisingly, I don't have any. All righty. <laughs> well, it's time for him to go to bed then, brother. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, and uh, talk to you in the future. We better yeah. we better let you help us close us out. Yes, by the way, yeah, you know you know the drill already. Anyway, so I'm not going to go over that. I'll, I'll so mess it up this time. Okay. All right. So anyway, this is the Tag Your It podcast. I'm Ray Ray. I'm Dave. I'm Tim. And Soli. Deo. Gloria. Gloria. Uh, I, me- I messed it up, and I did that. No, we're going to do that again. That's right. And one more time. Because, you know, people like bloopers anyway, so, you know, I just broke character. So, anyway, this is the Tag Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. I'm Dave. I'm Tim. And Soli. Deo. Gloria. Gloria.